This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Gunny. I'm hoping that each and every one of us is thawing out and getting our power back. It's been a brutal week or so in America, and hopefully everybody is uh, warming back up and getting back to normal, um, getting on the streets, on the roads, going back to work and doing the, the great things America's known for people being productive. Today, we're going to talk about the state of voting. And I use that word state specifically, the state of voting. So do we have a right to vote that is protected by the federal government? So think about the question, do we have a right to vote that is protected by the federal government? Was the Pennsylvania's mail-in voting changes illegal? Were those changes illegal? We're going to talk a little bit about that. Last but not least, the Bonehead Award. You're not going to want to miss this one. May give you an idea of where we're going and why it's going to be a struggle to backpedal when it comes to understanding the legalities of voting. So simple. Lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. If you were asked the question, do you have the right to vote as per the federal government? You're probably going to get, mo from most people, an absolute yes. Of course I got the right to vote by the federal government. Well, let me tell you something a little bit different. From Right to Vote Frequently Asked Questions site under the fairvote.org, this is what they have to say specifically about this question. American adults living in states typically can vote, but they do not have a federally protected right to vote enshrined in the Constitution. That is the truth. The federal Constitution does not say you have a right to vote, and it should never have to say that. Because that right is given to you by the states. In the state, you have the right to vote. And therefore, that vote counts in the state that you're in. Because if the federal government protected you and said, yep, you have the right to vote, that would give them the ability to create and change any laws in the state on the requirements to vote. So our founding fathers understood this. Do not allow the federal government to determine who can and cannot vote in these states. The states do that. And the reason they do that is because it's in their constitution, which is determined by their people in that state. So to continue on, 
states protect the rights to vote to a de de uh, different degree based on the state's constitutional language and statutes. The federal government traditionally only steps in to prevent certain broad abuses, such as denying the right to vote based on race, which is the 15th Amendment, sex, which is the 19th Amendment, and or age, which is the 26th Amendment. In most states, counties design their own ballots, pursue their own voter education, have their own policies for handling overseas ballots, hire and train their own poll workers, select polling place locations, and maintain their own voter registration list. States have widely leeway in determining policies on absentee voting, polling hours, and funding of the elections. As a result, voters and potential voters have different experiences going through the registration and voting process depending on where you live. These differences can be even more pronounced in the same local elections because of varying degrees of federal and state support. So the answer to the question is no, the government does not give you the right to vote. The state does. And they have the right to tell you if you can vote. However, the federal government does say that you can't prevent people from voting based on certain criteria. So next, I'm going to bring up Mark Levin, found this on Fox News. He is going to explain to us or outline the illegal changes made to the Pennsylvania mail-in voting laws. So take a listen to this. Changes, rules, court cases that all happened in the weeks before the election. Also, a big focus in the swing state of Pennsylvania at the center of an election case before the United States Supreme Court. Republican officials believe that there were more than 2.5 million mail-in ballots that they say did not meet the standard of a completed ballot. Now, Justice Alito has weighed in on this. He has set a deadline of tomorrow for Pennsylvania election officials to respond to the request. Here's Life, Liberty, and Levin host Mark Levin laying out exactly what happened in Pennsylvania. Watch this. 14 months ago in the state of Pennsylvania, if you had voted by mail-in ballot, it would have been discarded. If that mail-in ballot had been counted, that would have been fraud. 14 months ago in the state of Pennsylvania, if you sent in a ballot without a signature, that ballot would be discarded. If it was counted, that would be criminal fraud. Fourteen months ago in the state of Pennsylvania, if you sent in a ballot with a signature that didn't match a signature that they had on file, that would be discarded. If it was counted, that would be criminal fraud. Fourteen months ago in the state of Pennsylvania, if you sent in a ballot uh, beyond Election Day, it wouldn't be counted. And if it was, that would be fraud. If you sent in a ballot without a postal stamp date on it, it wouldn't be counted. And if it was, that would be fraud. Or if you sent in a ballot where they couldn't tell what the date was, because maybe there was a smudge on the, on the ink, it wouldn't be counted. And if it was counted, that was fraud. All of those ballots today count. They were all counted in Pennsylvania because of unconstitutional and illegal changes that were made by officials and made, quote unquote, officially by individuals in Pennsylvania. What Mark is trying to tell us is the laws were illegally changed 
per the Constitution of the state of Pennsylvania, not the federal Constitution, according to Pennsylvania's Constitution. They made changes on the fly and did not go through, quote, the constitutional amendment process in the state to reflect those changes to voting. So let's talk about this. This is Article 5 of the Pennsylvania Constitution. It entitles elections and consists of 14 sections. So Section 1, uh, I'm sorry, Article 6 of the Pennsylvania Constitution states this. Every citizen 21 years of age possessing the following qualifications shall be entitled to vote at all elections subject However, to such laws requiring and regulating the registration of electors as the General Assembly may enact, he or she shall have been a citizen of the United States for at least a month. Number two, he or she shall have resided in the state 90 days immediately preceding the election. Number three, he or she shall have resided in the election district where he or she shall offer to vote at least 60 days immediately preceding the election, except that if qualified to vote in an election district prior to removal of the residence, he or she may, if a resident of Pennsylvania, vote in the election district from which he or she removed his or her resident within 60 days preceding the election. What that means is you gotta be a resident, a citizen of the United States, a resident of Pennsylvania. You got to have proof of that, that you are in that status. Must have proof of it. Now, that's the Constitution of Pennsylvania. Notice it says 21 years of age, but we know that's different. The reason that's different, again, go back to the 26th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which changed the age to 18. And that's why it's 18. Pennsylvania hasn't even updated their Constitution with that. Okay, so that's not all of what Pennsylvania uses to qualify people to vote in their state. They also have these titles. Title 25. So this is a document governmental document, and each state has these that get voted through the legislation, and Title 25 is based on elections in Pennsylvania. Chapter 13 of Title 25 is the voter registration section of that title, and there's two subchapters, qualifications and procedure. And of course, there's the subchapter under qualifications are listed in detail so we can understand who is actually eligible and what the res resident requirements are. So qual you, you have to be registered and you have to qualify to register in the state of Pennsylvania. So the eligibility, an individual who will be at least 18 years of age on the day of the next election, who has been a citizen of the U.S., for at least one month prior to the next election and who has resided in the Commonwealth and the election district where the individual offers to vote for at least 30 days prior to the next ensuing election has not been confined in a penal institution 
for conviction of a felony within the last five years shall be eligible to register as provided in this chapter. Effect, no individual shall be permitted to vote at any election unless the individual is registered, registered under this subsection, except as provided by law or by order of a court of common pleas. No register elector shall be required to register again for any election while the elector continues to reside at the same address. Again, you got to be registered to vote. C, removal of residence. Except as otherwise provided by this party, a registered elector who removes residence from one place to another outside the elector's district shall not be entitled to vote in the election district of the elector's last residence. And basically, if you move from one place to another, you got to tell the state that you are now in that district. And again, got to have proof. Pennsylvania, you got to have proof that you're registered and that you're an American citizen to vote. What the argument is, very simple. They, they being the governor and the attorney general or whoever it was in that state, just decided on the fly that they going to extend their voting because of the coronavirus, do all of this stuff, okay? There's no rules in there saying you got to vote on this day or the extension of this and so forth. However, there is registration laws. And sending in these mail-in ballots without a signature on it, with no address, with none of this information that is necessary to, to ensure that that is the person voting, all of those should have been thrown out. And as Mark said, a lot of votes in Pennsylvania counted that were illegal, according to their constitution. That's what he is saying. That's the truth. And this is the subject of what the media is trying to do, saying there is no election fraud, it's all false. However, it's right there. You don't even have to see it. You can just know by comparing those ballots that didn't have that information on it and it was counted, it was wrong. Last but not least, the way I look at it is this. Today, the Supreme Court once again refused to pick up these legal pleas or these cases against these states for election fraud, they will not pick up these cases. And I know it sounds kind of funny. I absolutely understand why. Because the Supreme Court does not have a constitutional right to make a judgment on a state's election laws or how they run their elections, unless there's abuse to it, just like it said, based upon race, sex, and so forth. It's the job of the states to fix this problem. So what we should be seeing is lawsuits all in these states. The legislators should be working together to put changes or put uh, lawsuits in so that they can ensure the integrity of their elections next time and solidify it. Use that against those people that did voter fraud and clean up their state. All of these states were like that. Battleground states, as they call it, Wisconsin, Michigan, and so forth.
and Georgia. So the federal government and the Supreme Court is not going to resolve this issue. The states have to resolve it, which means you, if you live in that state, you got to say something to your legislators and say, you guys have got to fix this. You got to make sure we got the right integrity and we're following our own constitution. The left don't care about a constitution, period. They want to make a utopia where you don't have all these rules and regulations and stuff. Basically telling you that you can't do this or you can't do that. They want it wide open. If you're breathing air and you can hold a mirror up to them, they're eligible to vote. That's wrong. Absolutely wrong. When, they, when we get to that, there is no more America. It's pure tyranny. With that, I'm going to bring up the Bonehead Award. And you're going to listen to a specific female person, don't know who she is, and I'm not going to damage your brain and make you have to listen to the whole thing. We're just going to listen to a minute or so. And you're going to maybe get an idea of what is going through these people's heads. And it's real simple. If you're an American and you believe in America and you believe in who we are and the virtues we have, then you are against what happened with this election in some of these states. But they don't care. You see, they don't care. All they want is for anybody and everybody to vote because they know, they know that it doesn't matter that they're not American citizens. Makes absolutely no sense. Anyway, take a good listen to the Bonehead Award for today. This is the only advanced democracy on earth that goes, goes out of its way to make it difficult for people to vote. You heard it from the president himself. America's voting system is fucked up. While we've long passed the days of literacy tests and only granting white men voting rights, modern America still has its fair share of voting wrongs. What do you mean? Take, for instance, voter ID laws, which require individuals to show some form of valid ID in order to vote. I'm going to need to see some identification. Currently, laws like these exist in 33 states. Some require photo IDs, some don't, some are strict, and some aren't. Officials in these states argue that voter ID is meant to prevent voter fraud. She needs an ID. Oh, you right. <laughs> and while getting carded may not seem like such a big deal, it is. Studies have shown these restrictions tend to disproportionately impact African-American and Latino voters. In Texas, for instance, experts found that African-American voters were nearly twice as likely to lack voter ID, and Latinos were nearly two and a half times as likely. Damn! Pretty messed up, right? Well, so is this. Yesterday, thousands of people in Arizona's Maricopa County waited in line for three, four, some five hours to vote. Five hours. This is how they're going to do it if we don't do anything about it. They're going to continuously pound us, saying all of these rules and stuff that we have in place make it harder for a person to vote. How about the security of the vote? Is that not important anymore? Make it difficult to vote. Obama said this, that this country makes it difficult to vote. The countries that they're talking about 
that have a higher percentage of turnout and all that, these people are registered. They're citizens of that country. So they can vote. Illegals in their country do not vote, period. Also, they talk about number of people without IDs. This is absolutely incredible when you hear this. I want to ask yourself this question. Have you ever met a person, I don't care where, in America, restaurant, shopping mall, standing in line anywhere, that didn't have some kind of ID? If they don't have an ID, they're probably here illegally. And on top of that, even an illegal can get an ID with his address on it in some states. Green, you can get a green card. If they don't have an ID to prove who they are, they're probably not an American citizen. It's really that simple. So everything they're talking about is absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's freaking crazy to listen to the non-ability of these people to reason. So think about that. And while you're thinking about that, please share the podcast. Thank you very much to all of you that do share it far and wide. A lot of people don't read or understand what's going on. I want to reach as many people as I can so they can get the real truth, so they can understand what's happening, why it's happening. You're not going to hear this on the media ever, this kind of discussions. They will not discuss this anymore their way or the highway so please share it far and wide i thank you very much for listening to this podcast and have a wonderful hopefully very warm week this week remember stand up show up and speak up this is the gunny out